Welcome to the Rebel and Be Well podcast, hosted by Krista Reimel, registered nurse, founder and CEO of Lifestyle Medicine Retreat Center, The Point Retreats, which is located amidst the woods and waters of northern Minnesota. During her podcast, Krista will interview experienced and successful healthcare professionals on outside-the-box health topics. During their time together, they will have in-depth discussions with trusted medical and health and wellness leaders to discover what they do to stay well using traditional and non-traditional health practices. Experts will share not only what, but why they practice the holistic lifestyle medicine they do and the science that backs their less than mainstream ideas. You'll hear the real and relatable personal health struggles of healthcare providers and what rebelling outside of the traditional healthcare system did to better their lives, careers, and health. Tune in to listen and learn the mind-body-spirit practices from conventional health experts who share hope and inspiration from honest stories of healing while reflecting the scientific-based evidence to wisely guide the inner rebel inside you. It's time to rebel and be well. Welcome back to our second season of the Rebel and Be Well podcast. We are excited to be back on the air with a lineup of incredible guests and speakers, traditional healthcare professionals who will tell us more about how they rebel and be well. Welcome Dr. Jeremiah Eisenshank to the Rebel and Be Well podcast. I'd like to take a moment to introduce our audience to you by sharing a little more about your background. Dr. Jeremiah Eisenshank is a graduate of University of Minnesota Medical School and St. John's Family Medicine Residency, where he also served as chief resident. He is board certified in family medicine and practices family and hospital medicine at Essentia Health, Brainerd, where he is chief of hospital medicine at Essentia St. Joe's Hospital. He is the co-founder of Essential Health Brainerd Weight Management Department and Lakes Area Low Carb Conference, the first low carb conference in Minnesota. He was recognized as top doc in family medicine by Minnesota Monthly Magazine in 2019 and quoted by dietdoctor.com on his clinical approach to low carb. Jeremiah and his wife Ashley live near Niswa with their two children and enjoy exploring the outdoors, time with family, and growing and cooking real foods. In addition, Jeremiah is an obesity medicine board certified physician. Dr. Jeremiah Eisenshank serves as our local medical advisor. He has attended a few retreats at the Point Retreat now, and he will be returning the end of October 2021 for a private event with his fellow Essentia Health physicians and healthcare leaders. So, Jeremiah, I'd like to start by letting our audience know a little bit more about what drew you into medicine and healthcare initially. Yeah, Krista, thanks. I'm really grateful and honored to be here. It's a humbling introduction. Um, so what drew me in is, you know, my, my background story is that I grew up on a farm in rural central Minnesota where, you know, my family grew and uh, produced uh, and raised kind of what we ate, real food. Yeah. And like the rest of my family, I was active and lean in high school. I cultivated an interest for science and writing. I was an athlete and uh, started started off as a geology major and kind of the, the catalyst or the pivot point for my my calling into medicine was after my freshman year, my grandfather, who's uh, still a close friend and mentor and a retired physician, mm-hmm. sparked my interest by saying, you know, I think there's another path. You know, I think you'd be a great mm-hmm. physician. And from that point forward, my curious drive to learn about the human condition grew. And mm-hmm. I wanted to understand how our minds and bodies and spirits are impacted by changes such as age and stress and disease. And after 
doing my pre-med requirements at St. John's. I worked at the Mayo Clinic and actually lived in a homeless shelter by choice uh, at night, the Dorothy Day Homeless Shelter. And the combination of this intermixing between you know, science and you know humanity, the human experience sort of blended my my pathway into in, in the medicine, uh, like you mentioned, Chris, at the University of Minnesota and, and now here in Brainerd, where mm-hmm. I'm grateful to live in, in practice. Can you tell me a little more about where you would say you're traditional in medicine and where you are not? Yeah, so I guess traditionally I'm, I'm an employed W2 physician in one of the largest uh, you know healthcare systems in the state, uh, one of the largest rural health healthcare systems in the country. And on a day-to-day basis, I practice evidence-based medicine, you know, diagnosing and treating a spectrum of acute and chronic disease states, both in the clinic and the hospital. You know, my armamentarium of, uh, uh, includes, you know, common prescription medications, procedures, leading codes and rapids, and developing care plans in conjunction with my my healthcare team. Mm-hmm. Um, as a result of my own personal journey, which I'll, I'll share here, you know, over the last five years, I've become more non-traditional, I guess, and have thrived and, and blossomed. And I, and I think the best is yet to come in this sort of part of, of my personal professional life. Mm-hmm. And this came through, you know, um, you know, starting a residency, Krista, I, I followed the standard American diet and I exercise regularly in the process of doing so I gained 30 pounds and mm-hmm. I developed reflux and eczema and fatigue and mental fog, started balding and developed high, high sugars and triglycerides. And, mm-hmm. uh, this is despite doing what I was, that was the appropriate mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few years ago, I ran a marathon and in my double X Lululemon running gear and fancy shoes and lots Hard of to miles imagine. on the, <laughs> right? Just hundreds of miles on the trail and, and finally completed the race and I, I lost seven pounds and this yeah. was despite following the guidelines. And so yeah. following that, I realized that something else had to change. I couldn't exercise my way out of this weight and metabolic challenge that I had. So I thought back to a lecture I heard from my mentor, Steve Park, that the title was Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. Mm-hmm. And, and Dr. Park spoke largely about the critical role of insulin, um, a nutrient sensing hormone that's ketolipogenesis and other anabolic pathways and how the key for many is a dietary lifestyle that lowers insulin. Um, I read Gary Taub's book, got to know Dr. Eric Westman, mm-hmm. explored diet doctor and um, kind of developed kindred friendship with many people in the area, mm-hmm. including physicians and people like you, Krista, who kind of help help me on this path. And and for the next six months, I followed a ketogenic lifestyle and, and did some intermittent fasting. And you know, other than some snowshoeing, I lost 25 pounds and wow. achieved kind of a, a level of vitality and health that I hadn't experienced since high school. And yeah. all the things that I mentioned rooted in chronic inflammation resolved. Um, so that's kind of my traditional mm-hmm. approach and, and my own personal story, mm-hmm. you know, weaves into how I see chronic disease from a, through a different lens. So, right. So was that your defining moment when you said, okay, there's more to, to, you kind of had to unlearn pieces of what you had learned to go, there's more to this than what I originally thought. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I don't think there was a specific moment, but just kind of this progression mm-hmm. of experiences towards leading others and, in, you know, improving my own health. Um, you know, and just to add to that, you know, personally, like I didn't know how to cook until I had to go through this transformation. I didn't know how to raise chickens or I mean, mm-hmm. I knew how to raise chickens, but they have our own and raise a garden. And just to get an understanding of nutrition and physiology that you know, we're not taught, uh, like your other guests have shared, you know, in medical school residency. And professionally, I've learned to question the conventional paradigms of obesity, diabetes and other manifestations of insulin resistance. And in doing so, I've really revolutionized my own understanding um, 
about instead of managing these states as chronic progressive mm-hmm. disease states, rather trying to reverse them, you know, at mm-hmm. their core. So mm-hmm. is that what propelled you to become an obesity medicine certified obesity medicine physician? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That was, you know, um, uh, you know, a, a pathway I thought would enrich my knowledge and uh, kind of allow me to lead our, our, our group as I do now, um, our outpatient weight management practice. Um, yeah, absolutely. That was really yeah. key. Yeah. Yep. You know, I think most of our listeners know I have a background in diabetes and endocrinology care in a uh, health, large healthcare system. And I love having fellow colleagues that like to geek out about blood sugars and metabolic health like Dr. Jeremiah does. And I'll tell you, you quoted, you told me about a study this summer that I still, I think about on a weekly basis. And I think it's so relevant in today's times where, you know, it's the study out of UNC, right? So you were the first one that mentioned that to me where mm-hmm. it showed that only 12% of the U.S. population is metabolically healthy, meaning they at least have a couple of markers out of five that indicate they have lack of health in the metabolic space. And that was so, like, I just, like, my mouth kind of dropped and you told me that and I had to go back and, you know, read the study. And I was like, really? And and we're just not hearing enough about that um, in light of all that's happening today. Can I ask you, Jeremiah, because this is what puts you in a really unique space relative to a lot of physicians. So I know you have this incredible passion about improving people's metabolic health by means of lifestyle medicine or the low-carb keto lifestyle. But you're also a physician who's been in charge of a lot of the COVID care and operations in your hospital. And never before in history has like have these two spaces felt more polarized and really... How do you manage that in light of this? Because, you know, you're juggling kind of these acute care, chronic care worlds with incredible um, importance right now. Yeah, it's really um, the ultimate convergence and clash of two pandemics, you know, one being this super virulent, really aggressive virus and the other being metabolic disease and insulin resistance, Um, you know, every admission that we've had to the ICU who has been critically ill, if yeah. not elderly, has been obese, pre-diabetic, or had insulin resistance. And I'm yeah. sure we're not alone in our little uh, mm-hmm. niche here in the world. So mm-hmm. so it has held very true that you do find that metabolic disease puts people at a higher risk of having more significant complications from COVID. Yeah. You know, as we know, we just... You know, insulin resistance, metabolic syndrome, diabetes, you know, having mm-hmm. extra body weight, it's, those are chronic inflammatory conditions. And mm-hmm. when you add the inflammatory response that the body generates to COVID, it's, it's really fuel to the fire. And, mm-hmm. and that leads to such dramatic consequences to so many organ systems. Right. So of right. course, you know, in, in the moment, in the, in the unit, when we're, you know, intubating somebody or, or proning them, I'm approaching them like everybody else um, yeah. with em- empathy and curiosity. But meanwhile, I think I'm unique in that you know, in the back of my head, I'm thinking when this person survives, right. I'm going to be intentional about having conversations with them about their dietary lifestyle, because at its core, diabetes, obesity, and metabolic syndrome are diseases of diet and lifestyle. And I yeah. think that people deserve that opportunity to, to heal. Right, right. And thank you for doing that, because we need physicians to be that voice or else people, you know, they need help getting unstuck from these patterns. You know, our lifestyle in the U.S. doesn't always make it easy to live a healthy lifestyle. And then on top of a year long, you know, many quarantines and shutdowns, um, it's been a challenge, I think, for all of us, even those of us who are really passionate um, in this space, you know, and so for those that don't know where to start. Dr. Jeremiah is a fantastic place to start. And now that you're doing virtual visits, can 
people, you know, kind of really from all over can consult with you more easily than maybe prior. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, well said. Yeah, we have, we, we see virtual uh, patients in consultation and follow up from all over the state um, within Essentia and outside of Essentia. And that's really opened the doors just to be able to connect with people safely yeah. in their homes, to, to, to see their, talk to their spouses and kids, to look in their fridges, to look at the foods they've made for lunch. It's really been transformative. Right. right. And I love that you're so relatable, Jeremiah. I mean, you have a real story, like you've really done this struggle yourself. So you get it. You're not coming from this place. It's like, oh, I have, you know, my MD and I'm an obesity certified physician and I'm going to tell you what to do. I mean, you really are a wealth of knowledge, but you approach people with such a humble manner that, you know, you just want to relate and make this as easy of a journey as possible for the the patient that you're caring for, a person you're caring for. I was so taken aback when I went to that Low Carb Lakes conference because we had a conference of similar nature in the Twin Cities, you know, with a population, what, 50 times that, a Brainerd, Minnesota, if not more. And I think we had a quarter of the attendees as you pulled in Pequot Lakes, Nisswa, Minnesota. And that is a testimony to you. But I was so struck by the patient stories that were shared in that conference. And I'm sure you have like so many um, in your back pocket. But do you have any that really stand out to you that like youth said, yes, this is why I'm doing this work? Oh, certainly. Yeah, there, there, you're right. There's so many. Um, and I you know. I'll share one in specific, but before that, you know, I commonly hear things every day, such as I have my life back. You know, yeah. I can run up a flight of stairs again. My binge eating and sugar cravings are gone. Um, I can look in the mirror. Yeah. Wow. I mean, this is, or, or I'm, I'm going to climb that mountain in Colorado with my grandson. Um, things that sort of transcend the metabolic markers that we follow, the waist uh, measurements that we follow, of course, the weight or the mm-hmm. visceral fat volume, all these things like those those little windows into people's, uh, you know, lives and love for life are so captivating. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can think of um, one patient in particular who who came to us, um, obesity class three, so BMI, you know, in, in the high 30s, low 40s, di- diabetic, hypertensive on a bunch of medicines. And, you know, with our comprehensive approach that focuses on dietary lifestyle, uh, lower carb, real foods, uh, fasting, optimizing sleep, exercise and stress. Over the course of you know, about 12 months, you know, he lost 100 pounds. Wow! Uh, was off all of his prescription medicines. Um, A1C normalized, insulin level single digits, triglycerides, HDL ratio much improved, no reflux, sleep apnea also reversed, yeah. and wearing clothes that he hadn't worn since college and out hunting again without shortness of breath. Um, Amazing. And sustaining it, you know, sustaining it. Mm-hmm. People think that oh, this intervention or this lifestyle is short term and. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, he, he's an example of it. And yeah. I am, too, going on five years that it's not, you know, it can be simple and tasty and sustainable. And that's what we try to show our patients. Yeah, that is so profound because, you know, how often when you're working with someone who has in particular type two diabetes, you get the question, can I ever get off my medication? And a lot of times the answer from, you know, more traditional healthcare professionals is likely not more than likely not. And I think you give people this hope that it's possible and at least, you know, at a minimum, we can cut it in half. And, you know, if that's your goal, you want to help people get there as as best as possible, um, which I think just offers so much hope in uh, chronic disease that doesn't always feel very hopeful. Absolutely. You know, as I think back to my residency training, uh, I attended a conference uh, on diabetes for chief residents. I remember looking at the pack ahead of time and there was like two pages of lifestyle recommendations. And then like the next 47 were meds. Yeah. I remember thinking like, is this, is this it? 
And and so since then, I've learned that it should be the reverse, right? It should Mm -hmm. be like 47 of lifestyle and two of Mm -hmm. meds. And particularly with type 2, Chris, as you know, like it is a state of hyperinsulinemia. So the thought of Mm -hmm. giving exogenous insulin is really paradoxical. It's Mm -hmm. a great way to make people obese and to not prevent the vascular complications. And so looking at the core and saying like, let's, let's improve the dietary lifestyle. Let's decrease the thing that's triggering, you know, beta cell insulin release and insulin resistance and actually allow you to burn your fat. Right. um, Right. I know that's so hard when you're talking to patients and, you know, if lifestyle commitments aren't occurring, you know, that, and it progresses to the point where, you know, blood sugar levels require insulin. It's so hard to have that conversation and tell patients just so you know, the reality is that insulin is needed maybe, but is going to make you gain weight. And it does feel so counterproductive and counterintuitive when we're like, we want you to lose weight, but we're going to give you medicine that makes you gain weight, but you need it to live, you know? So it's this bizarre, you know, tria or, you know, trifecta of like, can, can we not do better than this? And you clearly are a testimony to, yes, we can, but it does take a lot of commitment from both a physician standpoint to kind of see people through all those challenging changes in lifestyle and making it to, you know, helping them get to that point where it becomes simple and just part of life. But that transition I'm sure is not always an easy one. Yeah, it certainly can be tough. And I think it just, you know, it really has pushed me as a physician to be an active non-judgmental listener and to try to mm-hmm be empathetic and see their story and where they're at in life and what their home and food environment's like, what their relationship with food is like, what their previous traumas or stressors have been and really get into all those because it's much more than just, you know, here's the dietary recommendations. Um, uh, I think getting to know those people. And this is where I think my family medicine background, I'm just appreciating that continuity of care and the value of those Mm -hmm. relationships really has allowed me to help people succeed and meet their goals. Right, right. Absolutely. And, you know, as you mentioned before, with your own journey, I think it is that thing, that important key element of not approaching anyone with shame, because you've done the journey. I've done the journey a few times. And, you know, when I read that study about metabolic health, and I said, well, okay, 88% of our US population is not metabolically healthy. And everybody kind of wants to go, oh, but that's not me. But that's not me. And I think I can, I'll speak for myself, you know, I have a history of gestational diabetes with my third pregnancy. So you know what, I'm susceptible. You've just told us your story. You can be susceptible too. So we're kind of, we all have to fight the battle on some level. You know, there are those rare people who maybe don't as much, but it's what 12% of really our population. So, yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, I love that you're, you make it relatable, you make it um, doable and you make it attainable. So uh, I just appreciate you and your role on that so much. And for all you're doing for our COVID patients, you know, you're kind of this, spot that someday, you know, in five years when all of this settles down, it'll be so interesting to just dive into your perspective of, you know, what you saw from this whole spectrum of being passionate about lifestyle medicine and kind of, you know, following it through to how you saw it impacting, you know, a novel virus entering our our world, you know, the the entire globe, right? And how that spectrum of health or lack of health changed our outcomes. So um, I just want you to know you are appreciated for all you're doing because for all of those that come to the point retreats, let's hope you know, none of us, none of our guests ever up end up in the hospital, but I do have to say, I always feel a little better. I'm like, okay, Dr. Jeremiah is there. If somebody needs something, we'll just call him up and be like, Hey, 
can you give special treatment to the point retreats people? Um, but yeah, I will say the Brainerd community is in good hands when they're, when you're running the show. So it's appreciated. Thanks, Krista. So what has been the evolution of your relationship with non-traditional medicine? And you've kind of talked about that thus far, but where do you, like, what's the evolution you'd like to see now when we can kind of come out of this COVID state of mind? Where do you want yeah, to be? I, I think it's really just beginning. I, I wouldn't have had any idea that I'd be on this pathway in the year 2021, having this conversation and having the, the, the personal and professional experiences I've had. So you know, I will say that this has just allowed me to just be more curious and open about things that are maybe non-traditional, but have so much value and have had historically for our species, mm-hmm. whether it's meditation, coaching, you know, forest bathing, integrative medicine, mm-hmm. hot and cold thermogenesis, fasting. Um, I, I am fascinated by these things way more than now the latest blockbuster drug or procedure. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm fascinated by the biology that that is impacted by investing in them um, that I think really identifies and treats the root causes of so many of our diseases. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's kind of where it's going from my leadership standpoint. I'll, I'll just comment that I, I hope to kind of educate and share w- with others that, you know, as we look at the Institute of Healthcare Improvement, they talk about the triple aim, which is a framework to optimizing the health and uh, of healthcare systems mm-hmm. and communities, um, looking at population health per capita cost and then patient experience, you know, currently our, our, standard care is to quote manage these conditions diabetes and obesity mm-hmm. with more drugs and skyrocketing costs meanwhile our patients are left disheartened and disillusioned and suffering mm-hmm. so instead i hope to continue to kind of um, you know demonstrate that my personal and professional experiences have shown that we can reverse these diseases with that lifestyle deep prescribed meds reduce costs and in the process like inspire patients who can live with renewed vitality and spread this message mm-hmm. um, and I think this is the most viable and sustainable way out of these um, obesity and uh, diabetes epidemics so um, I'm excited for what's to come mm-hmm. we need physician leaders like you um, who can drive those changes uh, because we I think if we learn nothing from this experience it's that we do need to change the way we look at health in our nation and then how we do health inside our healthcare systems or how we promote health, I should say, inside our healthcare systems. So Dr. Jeremiah has this dichotomy in his profession of being both a lifestyle medicine expert and advocate and also being a physician that's pulled into acute care needs and issues in his hospital. Um, Specifically, you know, that's been uh, around COVID this last year as he's been in charge of managing a lot of patients with COVID and a lot of the protocols and policies around COVID. Um, Jeremiah, any success stories that you want to share of how you've merged both of those passions of yours into patient care? Yeah, absolutely, Krista. Just this week, I was grateful enough to care for uh, a lady in some of her really challenging days here with COVID. You know, she's in her mid-50s, um, obese, and up till now only thought she was pre-diabetic. You know, thankfully, we got her through her acute illness uh, of, of the COVID complications, um, and she's going home here today. And, you know, while she was started on insulin during her hospitalization, she said to me, you know, I kind of want to take another path. In fact, I've actually mm-hmm. already lost 50 pounds by eating lower carb and doing some fasting, and I'd actually prefer that. And I said, well, mm-hmm. you've got the right doctor because <laughs> I want to help you, and we can do this. So mm-hmm. she's... Heading home here soon uh, with metformin and um, low-carb dietary uh, recommendations, and we'll see us virtually in our clinic next week um, uh, from her house, and just really excited to transform her lifestyle and not just manage her diabetes, but reverse it. I mean, that's like a shining example of the impact you can have when you approach care in 
with both spaces being equally as relevant in the care that you provide, right? So she is very lucky she ended up being your patient because if she wasn't, she probably would have had a whole slew of other things she would have gone home with and little to maybe none of them being around lifestyle. So they would have required a lot of Walgreens instead. Um, So kudos to you for being uh, a physician who will pioneer those changes and and take those, you know, leaps with patients um, so they can pursue different paths to better health. That's a profound example. Not only did you help her get through COVID, but now you're going to help her better manage her diabetes and potentially reverse her, her metabolic health. Or lack of yeah, it, yeah well, well said it's really just it just captivates me inspires me to to do this in every every way i can so yeah. there's uh, so many people out there that, that need help yeah great story thank you for sharing that so would you say you're a healthcare rebel yeah absolutely you know i'm i'm skeptical of the establishment which kind of fits my definition definition of a rebel in a sense and i think it started as we've already shared with my own personal or metabolic weight journey following the established guidelines, which we now know weren't rooted in any solid scientific evidence. Um, And and the kind of witnessing similar transformations amongst my patients, friends, and family. I'm very cautious of studies funded by big pharma, big food, given their bias towards promoting and not reversing modern chronic disease. Mm -hmm. I tend to really look at things like number needed to treat, absolute risk reduction of intervention trials with drugs, particularly those in the cardiometabolic field. Um, And foremost, I no longer discount the powerful impact of this intentional lifestyle that's rooted in the pillars, pillars of wellness, Krista, which, you know, you know, your pillars at the, at the point, mm-hmm. interestingly, are, are the same as, as that, which I share with my patients. So mm-hmm. nutrition, sleep, activity, uh, restoration and stress. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that, that to me is, it shouldn't be rebellious. It still mm-hmm. feels like it is at times, but mm-hmm. I think you and I are doing our part to sort of see this coalescence of, um, you know, enlightenment and conversion amongst, you know, the people in a grassroots sense that will hopefully kind of flip this, our approach on its, on its head as, as a nation and lead to better health and health spans. Absolutely. Maybe we can have the goal of having, what is it, the triple five, right? It's going to be nutrition, movement, restoration, sleep, and community. Um, oh, community. So Thank community. you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And just how can we, you know, put those kind of at the pillar or the foundation of how we do healthcare? And not that there's not a time and a space for surgical interventions, pharmaceutical interventions, but I think where you and I are both coming from is, you know, it's just kind of what we default to is the first line of consideration and treating both acute and chronic diseases. And, and not to say sometimes we don't have to default to those, you know, and I, I know it's part of uh, being in an acute care setting, but when we're looking at chronic disease in particular, it's usually hopefully can just be as needed PRN, not our, um, you know, once or twice or three times daily times, you know, 10 prescriptions. Um, we just want to kind of sh- uproot that and flip it on its head. And I, you are, yes, I love how you said that. I wish it wasn't rebellious, but it feels rebellious. Yeah. Um, and hopefully someday that won't be the case. I agree. And I think the most important question that, that healthcare providers, physicians aren't asking their patients is, what are you eating? Mm-hmm. And I do that at every visit here in yeah. the hospital and in the clinic. And I've, I think I've helped our primary care team here do the same. It is such a critical window into people's relationship with, with food, with themselves, and yeah. how they cope with stress. Yeah. Jeremiah, I hope you don't mention mind if I mention this. 
you accomplished something that I had a dream of accomplishing back when I was in, working in a large healthcare system. So I was so bothered by the way we eat as healthcare professionals and the way we feed our patients, families, and even our patients. And I used to think, gosh, why would it be that hard to get a vending machine of reasonable options? And you know, everyone I tell this to be like, don't mess with our vending machine, Krista. Don't even try and do that. I was like, but I think, and they'd cut me off and walk away. Well, Jeremiah accomplished that in his hospital in Brainerd, Minnesota. And I know it probably didn't win you the popular vote with every physician and nurse and every healthcare professional, but I, I, I do trust that you've had enough people stop you because you've created lifestyle changes, even amongst your colleagues who've said, you know what, if that can of Coke would have been in the um, vending machine, I would have gotten it because I'm so tired and I need something to keep going. But you managed to pull all the crap out of your vending machine and replace it with healthier alternatives. And that is, for anyone listening, like a huge accomplishment in a hospital setting. Yeah, we have to lead by example, you know, and and you're right. So the cafeteria doesn't have any sugar-sweetened beverages. Um, that was key. Um, we've, we have more whole food options. So then my, my next step and the next frontier are the patients, if Krista, and the foods they're fed. You know, I, I, I sort of laugh and cry at the same time when I see the snack list uh, for patients here. And yeah. it's like any hospital, right? When it lists, it lists carbs. And mm-hmm. would you um, know that the, the thing with other than uh, diet soda that has the fewest uh you know, grams of sugar on that list is sugar itself. <laughs> the packet of sugar is the lowest carb thing we have for our patients. It's uh, quite sad, but that's where I'm hoping oh. to go next. Okay. I applaud that mission and I hope you get there because yes, it's such a, like, it's such a mixed message that we give people, right? It's like, don't eat more sugar, but here, let me give you some sugar. Um, yeah. So it just, it's just not a fit any longer in our healthcare system. And thank goodness we have physicians inside pioneering this work like you. And, and it's tough because a lot of times I'm sure your physician colleagues aren't really happy that you're on this mission <laughs> in and of itself. But somewhere in there, you're planting seeds, right? You're just planting right. seeds that we can do this different. We can do it better. And that's that's the important part of what you're doing. I, I believe there'll be a day when we can walk by patients' rooms that are diabetic. And instead of seeing consistent carb diet on their door, uh, we'll see low carb, you know, instead. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that'll be the day. So it's, it's coming. It's coming. It's in the future. I agree. And that's when you can officially like say healthcare rebel mission accomplished and drop your mic and walk out. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. Check. Yep. <laughs> so Jeremiah, if you're willing, I have a couple of questions to ask you here. Um, in our fire round questions, I'd love to have our audience get to know you a little bit more personally. Um, if you're game, we'll get started. Let's do it. All right. So tell us the top three health habits that you've seen make the biggest difference in your life or your patients' lives. Top three. Yeah, Chris, so that'd be, uh, you know, a dietary relationship that is nutrient dense, uh, low in carb, mm-hmm. and one that we choose to have when we're hungry. So we can call this ketogenic, low carb, paleo, intermittent fasting. You know, I call it the real human diet. And, you know, it's it's uh, transformed me and, you know, hundreds of my patients. Uh, I think after that, it's sleep. Mm-hmm. And then third, it's, you know, it's counseling, it's behavioral support, it's inner work. And that's something I really invested in, in amongst the stress of the last year. And it's mm-hmm. it's paid off, you know, dividends. Yeah. So yeah, all three incredibly important. I love that you mentioned that last one because behavior change, mental wellness and well-being is so critical to sustaining lifestyle changes. So key that you have I, I love that you have that in there. 
Of the point's five pillars, which is the easiest for you to incorporate into your life and which takes the most effort? Yeah, the easiest is nutrition at this point. You know, I've reestablished my relationship with food. It, it, it's taken a long time, but that upfront investment has allowed me to just develop this new, uh, you know, certainly just new rewiring of my of my sort of neural behavioral approach. And mm-hmm. now it's just habit. You know, I don't think of this as a diet. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's how I eat and live. Um, I think the most difficult is sleep, you know, with two mm-hmm. two young girls, uh, Quinn and Avery, that, that you know. And, uh, <laughs> yes, they are so cute. <laughs> But full so of cute, energy, young little. Yeah. Even at three in the morning, they're cute, but you know, it's uh, <laughs> still makes me difficult. Right. And so, uh, and also, I just I have probably like you, you know, lots of creative ideas that flow in my head late at night. So just trying to mm-hmm. trying to breathe and and meditate into a restorative state can sometimes be tough. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Thanks for being honest about that. So others can go, okay, if Dr. Jeremiah struggles with that, it's normal for me to struggle with that too, right? Totally normal. What's a health habit you have that your family wishes you would ditch? Uh, that'd be my yoga mat. It seems to have legs. It's always, you know, <laughs> being rolled up into a fort or maybe a, uh, you know, house of some sort by my kids or my, <laughs> yeah. my cats scratching at it. Um, so it's part of my sort of reminder for a twice daily practice of stretching and core work. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's it's found all over the house and is usually tripped on most days. Oh, <laughs> your family would like <laughs> you to just permanently leave the yoga mat in the playhouse, right? Yep. Stuff okay. under the bed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Where do you go for health information? both inside and outside of the box? Yeah, for inside the box, uh, up to date, you know, my specialty specific journals, uh, Society of Hospital Medicine, Obesity Medicine, uh, Obesity Medicine Association, Mayo, CME, a variety of podcasts. Outside the box, it's a variety of, you know, ketogenic, paleo-based books, websites, and then just friends and mentors, you know, in, in this world, in the lifestyle, functional medicine and holistic world. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a coalescence of both those things. Sure, sure. How about what would your last meal be? Would you go keto in your last meal or would you say forget that? It's <laughs> a great question. I would do New York strip, medium uh-huh. rare, uh-huh. sauteed mushrooms, some flavored butter uh, with some broccoli and preferably at Char or Norway Ridge, both yeah. excellent yeah. lakeside establishments in the in the Point area. Yes, so. yes. That's a very good last meal. I can appreciate that. And Norway Ridge is my favorite restaurant too. So yeah, yeah. Great choice. What would your dream vacation be? I know all of us are kind of like longing for vacation. Where would you go if you could hop on a plane and go anywhere? Yeah, I'd go to uh, Scandinavia on a hiking trip um, to what's called Trolltunga, T-R-O-T-O. U-N-G-A, okay. Google it. It's called the Troll's Tongue in Norway. And it's this piece of granite outcropping that's 2,000 feet above this uh, this moraine or this mountainous lake. Yeah. 17-mile hike, um, beautiful. Uh, um, and then a night spent on a houseboat with a sauna. Yes, those exist. And yeah. you can rent one. <laughs> oh, cool. With some fresh-caught salmon. And we're cr- cross our fingers hoping to do that next uh, next summer. So, yeah. Oh, that sounds that sounds magical. That sounds incredible. I'm, I am going to Google that because I've not heard yeah. of it. So, Troll, yeah. Trolltunga. Yep. Trolltunga. All right. That will be – we have friends in Norway. We were there five years ago and hoping to get there again. So that's going to be a destination. Thank you for that. What's your most annoying habit? Oh, yeah. Um, it's probably my chapstick addiction. Uh, <laughs> it's I've got one in my pocket, one next to my desk, one in my, one in my, one in my bag. And yeah. yes, there's a name for this. It's Is so there? there's a there's there's a fear of dry lips and it's, it's called cisco labia phobia, oh, uh, which is, you know, yeah. uh, 
something that I clearly have. So uh-huh. Ciscalabia phobia. Is that how you'd pronounce that? Yeah. I have it. multiple yep. family members with that and I might have a borderline diagnosis myself. So now yes. I'm going to say Dr. Jeremiah said it's a legitimate thing. It's real. It's validated. Yeah. It's real. I love it. It's real. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite sport? Uh, so, I, you know, um, I, I think this falls in the category of sport, but paddleboarding. Um, cool. Just love paddleboarding. Fell in love with it, uh, paddling mm-hmm. on the, the Kauai River with my wife on our honeymoon. Yeah. And have since uh, bought some, some boards, some racing boards, done some paddleboard races. Um, just love being out on the Brainerd Lakes on a sunny, quiet night with the loons in the background on my board. It's really therapeutic. Oh, I love that. I can appreciate that. It is a really peaceful, tranquil space. Yeah. Can I ask you a couple of this or that questions? Please. Okay. We'll do them a little rapid fire. Are you an early riser or night owl? Early riser. Getting up with the sun really ignites me for the day. You've got a healthy circadian rhythm. That's good. Mountains or beach? Uh, mountains, preferably with streams and trout. Mm-hmm. Dine in or dine out? Uh, dine in, yeah. I would have said dine out until the pellet grill has transformed our home cooking uh, routine. So yeah. cooking home as a family you know, yeah. is amazing. Certainly date nights out with, with those local establishments I mentioned with my wife are phenomenal right. too. So. Right. Okay. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm, I'm an introvert. Okay. Sour or sweet? Uh, I, I'm going to go with savory, actually. After savory. all, I'm okay. the, like, the yeah. keto doctor here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you need another S word in there, and it's not there. Okay, yeah, savory. Yeah. Yes. Very fair. Do you think more black and white or gray? Uh, I, uh, gray, 100%. You know, uh, even though oftentimes we don't want uh, it to be the case so much of life exists in this space and i think acknowledging it and having the courage to uh, accept it is is key yeah i know i'm supposed to do this rapid fire but i think having the ability to sit in gray space in medicine is so critical because medicine is far more gray than anybody would like to realize or talk about and if we just accept it it makes it much easier yeah yeah Okay, here's the here's the this or that that I've only asked you as the low carb keto doctor. All right, all right. Okay, you ready? Bacon or butter? Mm, mm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with butter. It's butter. So versatile. It's so versatile. It's you know particularly Kerrygold. I have no relationship with Kerrygold, but it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's the best butter. <laughs> it is the best butter. So Jeremiah, if you wanted to give our audience a pearl about all the things that we've talked about, meaning a takeaway, like what's one of the most important takeaways you want people to hear from you? Uh, that you know, if you've like most of us, as Crystal alluded to earlier, you know, fall into the category of people that have struggled with their food relationship. Uh, with metabolic health, body weight, you know, and again, that's that's millions of people. Two thirds of mm-hmm. us are overweight or obese. Half of us pre-diabetic or diabetic. Um, you're, you're not alone. And mm-hmm. and you know, just like I, you know, starting this journey to reestablishing your relationship with food, it's very possible. And and in not just thinking about this as a diet, but as mm-hmm. a lifestyle for a lifetime. Um, because there's only a small percentage of Americans, you know, 10% that can get by with, you know, eating low fat, low mm-hmm. calorie, mostly plant-based and exercising 
they can maintain lean body mass and feel good, but the vast majority of us can't. Yeah. And if we could, we wouldn't be in this epidemic. And so, you know, I, I can just say I've, I've been there. I know what it feels like. And mm-hmm. I think that's given me a unique window to inspire and, and impact others, you know, while still leading by example. So. Right, right. Very, very great. Great points to make in that statement, Jeremiah. Thank you for that. So those who want to find out more about Dr. Jeremiah... You can find his practices he mentioned in the Brainerd area. He's part of the Brainerd Essential Health System. Um, and we're happy to field any questions for you. And if you want to see Dr. Jeremiah, just log on to the Point Retreats website and you're going to see him right there on our front page. He's he's featured on our homepage. Um, he's the first person that will greet you there. So that is thepointretreats.com. We're also on social media handles, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Otherwise, I want to say thank you, Jeremiah, for your time today. It was an important conversation and so nice to talk to you and catch up both in the personal and professional realm. And to all of those listening, I want to say thank you for joining us today. And we hope this podcast inspires you to rebel and be well. You've been listening to the Rebel and Be Well podcast, hosted by Krista Ryman, registered nurse, founder, and CEO of Lifestyle Medicine Retreat Center, The Point Retreats, which is located amidst the woods and waters of northern Minnesota. If you'd like to ask Krista Rymel, or one of our past or upcoming guests, a question that will be aired on a future show, simply call 612-352-9177 and leave a message. Please know that when you leave a message, it may be used in whole or in part on a future podcast episode. Again, that phone number is 612-352-9177. Please hit subscribe on whatever podcast source you found us on and rate and review our show. We'd love to hear feedback. Rebel and Be Well is recorded at the studios of Minnesota Podcasting located in St. Paul, Minnesota. Find them online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or policies of the Point Retreat, Minnesota Podcasting, or any other organization. All medical issues, concerns, diagnoses, medications, and treatments must be managed by your doctor. We do not replace any clinician's medical advice or treatment. Join us next time for Rebel and Be Well. Thank you.